our text this morning, 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. On Easter Sunday, a year or two ago, the Sunday Times carried the results of an opinion poll uh, conducted in England. And it showed that while only a minority of the population belonged to church, over half of those surveyed believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And this finding was so unexpected, so surprising, that it caused the editor to write a special editorial commenting on the fact that in seemingly secular England, basic Christian beliefs were held by many more people than those who went to church. The result was also a bit of a surprise to church leaders there. Because one of the features of the previous 50 years and more in the church had been a decline in public preaching or teaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Most of us can verify that from our own experience. We, we nowadays sing a lot about the cross, we speak about the cross, we discuss the meaning of the cross, but uh, we don't pay the same attention to the resurrection of Jesus Christ that was often the case in previous centuries. And yet, things were completely different for those first Christians. You'll remember as you read the Acts of the as you've read the Acts of the Apostles, that it was preaching about the reality of the resurrection that was unique to Christianity, and that led to much of the offense caused and the difficulties experienced by Paul and others as they sought to bring the gospel to the people of the Mediterranean area. And despite that, of course, it remained a central part of their message. Why is it that things seem to have changed? Why is it that instead of talking about the cross and resurrection, we have perhaps changed our focus slightly. Perhaps it's the modern scientific world we live in that makes resurrection perhaps a rather difficult idea, even an implausible idea. There's a lot of discussion today about uh, how we define death when a person is clinically dead. But most of us, or many of us, will have looked into an open coffin and at one time or other know when a person is dead. Because we know the science of things today, people find the idea of resurrection a, a little bit more difficult. And opponents of the Christian faith, of course, often mock the idea today as they did in the first century. And what we've got to say to such skeptics is this, you're confusing two things. You're confusing resurrection 
and resuscitation. When Jesus was raised from death, it wasn't simply a wakening up from sleep to continue life where he'd left it off a day or two before. It wasn't simply the, the reawakening or the reviving of a dead body. It, it was a transformation, a new form of life that he was now living. And you can see it as you read the various stories appearing in all four Gospels about his resurrection appearances. Jesus was in one sense the same, but in another sense not the same. Mary, you remember, met him at the tomb and doesn't recognize him. She thinks he's the gardener. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus walk and talk, but don't recognize him. When the disciples, of course, meet behind locked doors, as we've been hearing and reading today, he suddenly appears in the middle of this locked room. He appears and disappears. His body has been changed in some way. And yet, at the same time, it is the same person. And eventually, each time, they recognize him. And he's able to say to Thomas, put your finger here, touch my hands. Reach out your hand and, and put it in my side. And when he meets the disciples there by the lake shore, he's able to cook for them, to eat with them. But it's not the same body. He is different. Not resuscitation, but transformation. And so we know that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ are two historic facts, both well attested, and both of which we believe to have happened. But what does it mean for you and me? Why did it happen? What is the the message that we get from this event. Let's return to our text, 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. New birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If there was one thing that the resurrection of Jesus Christ brought about for those first disciples, it was hope, a living hope, as Peter put it. You remember when Jesus was crucified, hope died. Those two men on the road to Emmaus said we had hoped that he would redeem Israel. Peter returns to Galilee and says, I'm going fishing, giving up, going back to where he'd been before. And then comes the great transformation. The tomb empty, Jesus seen alive, hope born again. No wonder when Peter looks back in later years when he's writing his epistle, he writes, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Or as Moffat's translation has it, we've been born anew to a life of hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the dead. But what is this life of hope that we too, as followers of Christ, 
should have. What is the hope that was brought about by the resurrection? I'd suggest to you three things, and of course there are many more. We can have a sure and certain hope that in the end, good does triumph over evil. That's something that we need not only in Northern Ireland but around the world because so often we see that the good and the innocent seem to suffer while the criminal escapes, the thug, the person of violence gets away with it, the decent law-abiding citizen suffers. That's how the world seems to be and that's how the death of Jesus must have seemed to his followers. Jesus was the good, decent man who spent his life helping others now crucified, dead, the ruthless Romans, the scheming Sadducees, unscathed, still in charge of things. If ever evil triumphed over good, it was there at the cross. But the resurrection proved that evil is only the second most powerful force in the world. Ultimately, good will triumph over evil. If not in this world, then in the world to come. And when we live in the midst of trouble, and we've got to realize that many of our Christian brothers and sisters around the world today live in situations of difficulty, danger, and even death. When you live in the midst of that situation, it would be quite easy to lose hope the one thing that keeps many a person going in the midst of it all is this, this hope born of Easter Day that we, that we have the victory through Christ who defeats evil, sin, and death by his resurrection. Good will triumph over evil. The second thing that Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope, hope about is regarding the nature of, of death itself. Most of us fear death. All of us, although we may have trust in Christ and look forward to, to heaven, we still have that love for life and that desire to live on here. We want life to go on. But we wonder sometimes what lies ahead. Easter gives us the hope that death is not the end, but the gateway to a larger, better life beyond. Some things have only to be done once for us to know that they can be done again and again and again. It used, to believe, it used to be thought that no human being could run the mile in less than four minutes. It was physiologically impossible. And then on the 6th of May, 1954, Roger Bannister broke the barrier and ran the sub-four-minute mile. The line had been crossed. Now, of course, it's become just a matter of routine. 
the significance of Easter, in a sense, is that somebody has broken the barrier, the glass ceiling that was there. It's been done once, and now we know that death is no more an end. It's no more than a dark valley, a shadow, a shadow that cannot hurt us. Death has been swallowed up in victory, as the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15. And each one of us here today who has put our lives into the hands of Jesus Christ don't need to fear death. The God who raised Jesus, we are told, will also raise us up to everlasting life. There's a third type of hope that Easter brings us. The hope that despite our failures in the past, we can begin again. (coughs) The crucifixion was a disaster for those first disciples. They ran away, cards, every one of them. Peter, we remember, actually cursed Jesus to show that he had nothing to do with him. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he met some women disciples and he sent that message, you remember, to those cards. Tell the disciples and Peter, he says, go to Galilee, they'll see me there. And we know, of course, that he picked out Peter in particular by the lake shore said, do you love me, Peter? Three times commissioned him again, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Those people who were failures were able to begin again, and they became the heroes of the infant church. The resurrection of Jesus Christ gave them a fresh start, and the risen Christ offers all people and offers each one of us a fresh start today. No matter how we have failed God, no matter how we are failing Him today, no matter how we have denied Christ, we can begin again. We don't have to live with guilt throughout our days. The risen Christ offers us a clean sheet, the hope of forgiveness, a fresh start, And more than that, the power to live a better life, to be the men and women that he wants us to be. That's what Easter did. That's what the resurrection is all about. And if some of us may be near to giving up hope today for one reason or another, there's not one of us who is beyond the reach of the resurrection fact that we, like Peter, can be born again to a life of hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what God offers to each one of us. God will ultimately, good, will ultimately triumph over evil. Death has been defeated defeated for us who trust in Christ. Sin can hold none of us forever in its power. Thanks be to God for the victory won through Christ who died for our sins 
and rose again that we might live eternally. God grant to each of us a sure and certain hope of him who is the God of hope and in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Living God, we praise you once again for the good news of the Easter season, for the triumphant message of resurrection, new hope, new joy, new life. We praise you for what we see in the Easter stories, that your love could not be kept down, your purpose could not be defeated, your goodness could not be destroyed. Teach us, Lord, that what was true then is true now. That resurrection is not just about life after death, but about constant new beginnings, about the way you're able to transform every part of our lives today, the way you're always bringing renewal, May that truth, Lord, inspire us to keep on following you, not only in good times, but in the bad as well. When life seems hard, when we feel overwhelmed by trials and temptations, when faith seems to fly in the face of reason, assure us once more, Lord, that your love will not be overcome. When our work seems to bear no fruit, when our efforts go unrewarded, and when our hopes remain unrealized, teach us, Lord, that your purpose will ultimately be fulfilled and your will done. And when the innocent suffer, when goodness is rejected, when evil appears victorious, teach us that right will finally emerge victorious. Loving God, grant to each of us here today the deep inner assurance that only the Easter message can bring, that whatever life brings to us, whatever we face, however things may seem, your will shall be done and your kingdom come through our risen Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord.